Welcome to the Fabulously Keto podcast aimed at improving health, vitality and quality of life. Eating real food in a ketogenic lifestyle. I'm Jackie Fletcher and I'm based in the UK. And I'm Louise Reynolds, an Aussie currently based in Bangkok, Thailand. Each week we will be bringing you guests who share their stories and discuss a range of topics which we hope will improve your health and well-being. Many of the guests, like us, came to Keto for Weight Loss and have stayed for their well-being, numerous health benefits and because they are living their best lives. We hope you will be inspired to incorporate these ideas into your own health journey so that you can feel better than you ever have before. Thinking about starting keto? Take a listen to episode number two, What is Keto and How to Start? Welcome to the Fabulously Keto podcast. This is episode 61. And today we are interviewing Suzanne Faser-Reeves. Now, Jackie, you got to meet Suzanne at a recent festival. Yes, I was volunteering for the PHC. We were manning a stand there. Um, and I got chatting with Suzanne and she told me about her amazing weight loss all through low carbon keto. And I just thought she'd be really interesting to talk to on the podcast. So I asked her to get in touch with me and she did. So here we are. Well, thank you, Jackie. Um, you know, it's really good that you're out there recruiting, um, you know, for the podcast and um, yeah, getting some really great guests. And I'm sure that the listeners will really appreciate and be amazed with Suzanne's story. So Jackie, why don't you tell us a bit more about Suzanne? Suzanne has been obese all her life and has tried most of the diets out there. It had resulted in a constant yo-yo effect that just made her get bigger. Her weight has caused medical problems and she was heading towards becoming diabetic, like her mum who died in her early 60s as a result. Something else had to change. She'd always said that she felt like it was an addiction. When the press report that obese people should just move more and eat less, Suzanne would often say, no, it's not. Finally, she discovered low carb and now knows that the addiction was carbs. Currently, she is 11 stone lighter, very much in control of her food and feeling the best she ever has. Well, listeners, this is such an inspirational story. I hope that you enjoy the interview with Suzanne. Welcome, Suzanne, to the Fabulously Keto podcast. It's fabulous to have you with us today. Hello, good morning. Good morning. And we always start with the question, where in the world are you? Right, I'm in uh, Worcestershire in the United Kingdom, quite close to Malvern. That's where they make all that lovely water, isn't it? Well, uh, they, don't, yeah. they don't make it, they bottle it. <laughs> they, they make Morgan cars as well. That's what we're also famous for. Ah, okay. Yeah. So you and I met at Kestival um, a few weeks ago. Yes, yes. So that was it was great to see you and, and catch up with you and find out a little bit about you. Um so why don't you start by telling us what led you to you know, where were you before you started low carb keto and you know what what made you want to change? I mean I've I've been overweight all, all my life from a from a toddler. Um um I think I started my first uh, probably swimming club type of thing, probably when I was 15, I can actually remember going. Um, and although I was actually very active also as a, as a 
a youngster because I used to competitively swim and I was in the netball team. So it wasn't the fact that I didn't sort of do any exercise either. Um, so that, that led on to a lot of yo-yo dieting, um, had some successes, um, but then I'll put it back on and put back more on. Um, so that, that's what sort of happened. And then, um, you know, as I got older in, in, in life, um, I mean, my, my mom was suffering from, um, diabetes. She then, you know, she then died. She'd lost her sight as well. So it was all the connections to diabetes. And I was, I was going down that route. Um, I was also suffering from, um, arthritis in the knees because I, you know, I've worked in the hospitality trade and retail trade all my life. So I was always on my feet working long hours. Um, so my knees were, were suffering with all this, this heavy, heavy weight. Um, and, then I, you know, as I got into my sort of um, early 50s, I started to um, have some heart conditions, started to suffer from the angina, which resulted in a stent being fitted. And, um, you know, obviously the doctor was always telling me throughout my life, I've heard it, you know, you need to lose weight, you need to lose weight. Do you want to see a dietitian? I've had that quite often, <laughs> which were never really any help to me, to be, to be honest, because... You know, I knew about food and I knew what everything entailed, although I thought I did in, in that sense. But um, so that's sort of um, sort of my my weight history as, as such. Yeah. Yeah. And what did you what was your maximum weight? Um, I was I think it was three hundred and forty five pounds. So it's like that 26 stone, I think. Yeah. Um. And I think I, no, I think it was slightly higher just when I first started. So I think it was three sixty. I think prior to like two thousand and eighteen. So yeah, so about twenty six stone, twenty five, twenty six stone. Yeah. So quite quite big. <laughs> and you'd been trying all those years to do something about it, but nothing was nothing was all working. All those years, all those years. Yeah. So what what did you do then? Well, I, I sort of um, discovered, sort of, um, I saw Tom Kerridge on the uh, television, which is obviously he's a UK well-known chef, and I could see that he had lost a lot of weight. And obviously, I've got a connection in terms of hospitality trade. I have an interest, interest obviously, in, in food as well. And I thought, I wonder how he's done that. And then I, I noticed that he'd, he'd, he'd actually bought a book out of the dopamine diet. And the more I looked into it, then I discovered that, um, obviously that was, um, a low carb, high fat diet, basically. So that then led on to, um, sort of more, um, research, um, which then led me on to sort of, um, diet doctor. And, um, their, their doctors are sort of just sort of, there's so much information on that side you know a very trusted side um and so many doctors from from around the world um it was really eye-opening and the more the more i got in into it and watched videos and research then it led me more down this path of um going low carb yeah and it feels scary doing that having spent most of your life trying for low fat ways of eating <laughs> Yes, it was, but I am actually a cheese lover, so I that was the bonus actually because I 
<laughs> I love cheese. Um, and, um, you know, although I have to, you know, I, I don't have so much now as such, but um, that was a bit of a saviour for me because I could eat cheese and I thought, and butter, because I love that as well, you know. So that, so that was, and scary, you, you were apprehensive at first, of course, because you, um, you, you've been told, oh, low fat, low fat, you've got to eat low fat all the time in everything. And that's what you looked for. You didn't look for other ingredients that, that might have been in there. You just looked at the fat content. It didn't matter about anything else as far as slimming clubs and everything else, you know, matters. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I guess it sort of feels like if you if you had a heart condition, you you needed to have a stent added. That yeah. going high fat would it goes against everything we're told for years, doesn't it? It was it yes exactly, and it was it was interesting. Um, I mean, I was I was um, when I was in um, hospital having my stent fitted, and. Um, uh, you know, I was trying to lose weight, the so-called way you're supposed to, you know, low fat. And what did they serve me in hospital? You know, I had mayonnaise, um, full, um, sandwiches and all the things that you're thinking, well, this actually goes against low fat. What, what are you doing hospitals and all the rubbish they were feeding people and still do, of course. And I was thinking, well, this don't make sense. I'm in a heart ward, and that you're you're giving me high fat. So what's that all about? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But high fat with carbs, though. Exactly. Yes, indeed. Yeah, it's all together. Yes, not a good combination. No, not really. No, especially now you look back on that, you know, time. I remember when my son was in hospital, um, and the food that they served up was disgusting. Um, so we'd go down to the cafeteria and try and look for something healthy, and there just wasn't anything. You couldn't find any food that we were used to eating. I wasn't even low carb at the time, but we used to eat proper meals, and we couldn't find anything. And then my husband had to bring food in. Yes, yeah, yeah, no, definitely. You hear that all the time, don't you? Take 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 your own pack lunch with you. That's the best thing. Yeah, yeah. What's really interesting is obviously you and I, your story sort of really resonates with me, Suzanne, because I was a similar a similar weight when I started obviously on my oh, wow. on my yeah, on my weight loss journey. Um, I was close to the three hundred pounds, which um, just for the the non-metric people well, sorry, for the metric people, um, you were obviously three forty five pound was one hundred and fifty six kilos to 360 pounds is 130 oh, sorry 163 kilos so yeah I, I ended up being around 134 kilos when I sort of started my weight loss journey wow. but um and I it really resonates with the knees my knee yeah I was just obviously that that weight is yeah. obviously all yeah did you feel tired were you chronically tired uh, it's been quite fairly energetic um and my job was energetic so i think looking back yes i was and um because obviously now i feel even more energetic but i think looking back yes yes i was because i'd have long days at work and um i used to come home and you know 
you didn't feel like doing things at all after work. And actually, interestingly enough, I think I used to reward myself with food because I think, oh, I've had a hard day at work. You know, you know, I deserve this. I've been running around all day, and and, and then I would, you know, eat all sorts of things really. But um, which then, of course, then made you even more tired. In, in that sense so once I was chronically tired but looking back now yes I, I was definitely less energetic without a doubt were you ever tested for diabetes yeah um yes I have had it in the past but but it was I was always under luckily because obviously with my mom's history as well um but I was I was heading that way I mean my mom didn't become diabetic until she was about sort of mid 50s anyway so you know and you know I am a spitting image of, of my mother and everything so the DNA makeup I think it was it would happen I'm sure it would happen to me but luckily I, I hadn't yeah you weren't diabetic either Louise were you so no maybe when you when you store that fat it it, it just doesn't I... go in the bloodstream it's not as much in the bloodstream it was different, I think, with my fat storage. Yeah, I was a well-fat person in, in that way. So the way that I was storing my fat, obviously, um, it certainly wasn't around my organs, that visceral fat. Um, I didn't have um, any of those other metabolic um, issues such as, obviously, as Suzanne was describing about the, the heart, sort of, you know, the, the inflammation in, around in the coronary arteries. I certainly, my blood pressure was fine. My sugars were fine. The only thing was, was obviously I was storing fat, um, you know, a lot of fat. But it was interesting, um, Suzanne, you were sort of saying about obviously soothing, you know, soothing yourself and rewarding yourself with food. What were you eating um, before you changed your way? You know, was it obviously very carbohydrate rich? Yeah, very carbohydrate rich, very, very processed food. Things that are, you know, easy. Um, and and it, it was interesting, actually, when I had my children, because of my um, life so far, I was I was so conscious of actually, uh, um, I didn't want them to become fat. Um, and, and one of the biggest things for me when, when I was a child, actually, my um, grandma and, um, and um, her sister, um, they were bakers so um, in our house um, there was constant baking going on um, constant cooking I also was brought up in a in a pub as well so there was things available too very easily um, so all that sort of you know I mean that's you know I used to bake I still still bake to a certain degree but keto things and um, but now I mean I used to make um, um, cakes and things and um, People say, oh, can you make me a cake? And I actually feel loath to actually make a cake now because I'm thinking, no, I'm going to poison you with the sugar. So, <laughs> um, but that, but you know, my, my, you know, they, my grandparents, I mean, she, my grand, she lived till she was a hundred, but she, um, she was never really, um, overweight, but, um, she always had huge meals. It was always actually very unprocessed, actually. It, apart from the baking but it was actually you know you meet them two veg very you know they were in the war and it was very sort of that type but you had huge amounts 
of food. And it was the, you know, the scenario is the eat everything off your plate and then you won't get dessert scenario. So I know with my children, I, 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 I actually let them eat. I mean, my daughter was, was terrible. She'd eat a little bit and say, I'm not eating anymore. I said, I used to say, that's fine. She used to waste. But I wanted them to, to try and realize when they were full and when they stop. I mean, the thing I'd look to change now is, you know, if I, those, if they were children now, small children, I wouldn't actually give them sugar now because I did give them sugar and stuff. Um, and I'll, you know, that's one thing I would change, um, you know, for the kids. And I, I do, you see children, don't you? And, you know, they're eating all sorts of all this processed stuff. And it, it it's no wonder the, you know, obese rates with, with kids have, has gone up. And it makes me very sad now, to be honest. It, it really does. Yeah, it's very different nowadays. Yeah. I know with, with my kids, I never gave them sugar, but I did give them fruit. So yeah. we, know, we know that's just sugar anyway. Um, but my mum was always trying to here have some chocolate here we never had yes. chocolate at home when they were little um and and now the only chocolate we have is 85 percent. there's yeah. some biscuits around but she's it's sort of a family pressure to give them yes give them these treats yeah no and that, and that was even before i was low carb as well so yeah, yeah it's interesting how we should treat in a different way shouldn't we really these treats should be something else <laughs> definitely yeah yeah and that's a real that really resonates with the work of Lou Walker and Lou you know that she was doing that office cake culture and it was really looking <laughs> and it was really looking at non-food rewards and I think that that's something that is synonymous when you're talking about your grandmother and my grandmother was a wonderful cook and baker and they really expressed their language of love was through Yes. food you know that this was yeah. the gift of food and and the war with the war thing as well so you know wartime and you know it was the the cupcakes and you know the biscuits and the sweets and the pie and at christmas pudding you know the traditional fruit christmas pudding sago pudding you know sago plum pudding oh my the roast dinners and your you know yeah. and this was a time of bounty time of plentifulness and it was yeah. the one thing that they could do i mean they were very poor meager people mm. so non-food yeah non-food rewards is really the way to go and that's it's exactly what I'm saying. yeah and it's interesting you say there we um you know what one you know you you, you definitely eat to um have it as well you know you, you talk about christmas pudding and, and things about um at christmas i thought you know i used, I used to love mince pies don't get me wrong i used to love mince pies and um, Christmas just gone, I thought, right, I'm going to have a, you know, a little mince pie. It was only a little one. Um, and, you know, I didn't like the taste anymore. <laughs> oh, lucky you. <laughs> why did I want this? And why, you know, because you associate holidays and seasons with eating. Like when I was a child, I used to go to, to Weymouth, which is on the south coast in the UK. And I can still remember now, the treats used to be um, Knickerbocker Glories and then Horlicks in the evening, you know. And, and I associate Weymouth and holidays with, oh, you can eat this or you can eat that. It's the same at Christmas or, or Easter. And um, and it's more habits. And it's not that your body wants it. It's habits in your head, isn't it? You know, which you've got to try and 
go through. <laughs> yes, and and also in a way rekin- rekindling those memories of of when we were younger. And really, Jackie's hit the hit the nail on the head, and metaphorically and anatomically. Because what's actually between in your brain is that where Jackie was saying about memory and it's taste. And those two centres are actually quite close yeah. together. So that's when, you know, I remember my grandmother's, um, you know, delicious cupcakes and those sorts of things. And, you know, it's almost like Pavlovian I'm salivating <laughs> you know, at the memory or you taste something and you remember it and then those two centres yeah. go together. And that's something that, you've you, you know you really is true for you that you associate these memories with you know yeah. that love and care and fondness and emotion you know the emotion of those holidays and yeah I think a lot of people do you know who who, who struggle because um I, I think they really because it's that time of year or whenever you have to eat those items and you know, I am. You know, I'm still learning now that actually, you you don't. Yeah, you don't. Yeah. It's no difference to you know the season or the, you know, whatever you're 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 looking at the celebration. It actually makes makes no difference. It's like I've been to a couple of weddings recently, um, you know, and I haven't had the wedding cake because I really didn't want to. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you make more astute choices, I think. Yeah. You, you sort of question everything more. So uh, I'm going on holiday next week. And when we're recording this, this is in the, the middle of September. Um, and I was thinking about things that I might have while I'm away. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that used to happen when I used to go out for dinner was I would always eat the bread roll with the butter, always. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it was a good bread or a bad bread, you know, it was yeah. And now I know when I go away next week, I may have bread before my dinner, but mm-hmm. only if it looks really, really good. Mm-hmm. If if it looks like one of those rolls that have been sitting there for a couple of days that they've brought out or they've toasted or something like that, I won't have it. You know, yeah. I just think, why would I why would I have that if it's not so great? Whereas before yeah. I didn't think about it and would just eat it. Yeah, interestingly, um I think in was it two thousand yeah, this this the autumn of 2019 um we went on a um, a holiday to Canada and um you know there was lots of um good choices that I I could do and I you know and I was because this was my uh, you know after my 2018 holiday this was actually my next big test I suppose in one because we were going away um, you know, we went on the Rocky Mountain train and I actually requested a, a special meal and they were very, very good with that. But while we were away, I mean, I did, I think a couple of times I like, cause we went to a, a famous fondue restaurant. So cheese is involved here and they had some nice bread. So I had a little bit, but not, but not a lot. And interestingly, on, on that, um, uh, holiday, um, I actually lost, you know, half a stone. I lost seven pounds. Well done. Yes, because I was, I was not going, because of, you know, my experience, I was not going to let it have any carb creep and let it fail me. So I still lost. And yes, there was lots of options of um, steak and chicken and, you know, all that. So, but I still had a, you know, people would think, oh, you're on holiday. You've got to have that. But no, I had a great time and, you know, and I lost weight as well. So it was good. Even better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Speaking of which, let's circle back to the start of your journey. And did you, you said that that started in 2018 after you found the dopamine diet and the diet doctor. So let's circle back to the beginning of your journey and tell us how, yeah. how well, as we know now, how wonderful you started out. Yeah, so I, I started in, in, in 2018. Um, I, I reduced carbs um, slowly. So I went to a hundred and under hundred carbs. I didn't sort of go straight straight in. Um, and then I thought, oh well, this is okay. So then I reduced further and, and went to under fifty carbs. And I thought, well, that that's good. So that year, that was where I was um, probably not keto as such, but I was I was definitely you know not doing any more than than about thirty carbs. So I was reduced it down. So I did it. I did it slowly. So um, I've lost about sort of um, three to four stone at this stage. And then I, I went on holiday um, to Italy with some um, lovely friends. Um, and by this stage, I actually wasn't eating breakfast because I didn't feel like I needed to eat breakfast anymore. So um went to Italy and I, I started off with really good intentions. Um, and um, at the breakfast table, I'd just drink coffee while everybody, sometimes we'd set some boiled eggs occasionally, or I'd have the boiled eggs off the table and take them out for lunch. That was what I used to do as well. Um, but then as I was getting towards the end of the holiday, I was thinking, oh, you know, I'm in, I'm in Italy. I'll, I'll have a pizza and look at that lovely ice cream and I'll, I'll, have, I'll have some of that. Um, so... That actually led me to um, some some carb carb creep, and then I, I couldn't sort of get back on the way I was eating before. And then um, my daughter moved away, so that was a very emotional um, time and a um, bit of empty nesting going on. And um, you know that then crept up, and then I totally went went off. Um, went back to all the, the, the carbs and the processed food. And then by the, the Christmas then of, of that year, I, I actually felt awful. My body, my inflammation in my knees, um, I, I really felt rubbish, totally rubbish. You know, no, I didn't have much energy then, you know, as you get older and everything. So I thought, no, that was a, you know, a very valuable lesson. So how long were you? Uh, how long were you off the wagon for? Um, so I went on holiday in the um, October. So it was only a few months that, you know, I put, uh, you know, not all back on, but I did, you know, put a, a good about three stone back on of the sort of the four stone that I that I lost, yeah, up to that point. And, and that was just a, a lesson. I knew that for my body... Low carb was 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 the answer, really. Yeah, that was working for you. So what yeah. what made you switch and go back to it? Because you'd said when you came back from holiday, you couldn't get back into it. What what happened? What was the switch in your head that said, "I need to get back to this"? I, th I think it was the you know the feeling my body was having having more than anything else, and my knees and and everything else, and. You know, I, I worked in a busy, busy job, you know, long hours uh, and everything. And it was, you know, it was becoming even more problematic for my body. And I thought, no, this, this, I'm going to have to go back because that was working for me. And I felt so much better. So, you know, the usual January the 1st starting point, 
get that Christmas over with. Because again, that's in, that's in your head, isn't it? Happy things. Get to the January the 1st. So I thought, no, I'm, 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 I'm going out there. And that's what I have. And, and I've not looked back. No, not looked so that, back. So that was 2019. That was January, January 2019, yes. And so how much weight have you lost to date? To date, I've lost 11 stone overall. And all through low-carbon keto? All through low-carbon keto, yes. Wow. Yeah. Well, Suzanne, you must be so proud because, obviously, for the metric people, um, that's... um No, you... It's an amazing achievement and it's a real testament to your commitment to you and your health that you've lost 70 kilos. And, you know, that's that's no mean feat and yeah. you've done it all yourself, you know. That's yeah, 100, yeah. 154 pounds. 154 for those pounds. Mm. I mean, the, the, the interesting fact is, is that, um, you know, on this way of eating, I'm so much more in control of food. Yeah, I wouldn't say 100% still because that's habit, you know, I've had this all my life. So, but um, cravings are virtually diminished totally, you know, um, and that's a, a thing with, with the sugar and the processed food because your body just wants more and more and more of that, that items. And when you've cut them out, um, you know, I don't crave, I can go for hours and, you know, not eat and it it doesn't bother me anymore and you know and I you just feel so much you know good just good yeah yeah you, you don't feel a slave to food do you no, uh, no exactly you know you you were very much in, in control yeah yeah and you know and interestingly enough I know when I'm full now because throughout the whole of my life I never, never knew that. I don't, you know, I don't know if that makes sense to other people, but I would never know. I could just carry on eating and, and never really experience. Now I can recognize when I'm full. So to me, even at my, you know, late, later stage in life, it, that's quite, so you're never too old to, to starve. That's what I'm, you probably want to say. Yeah. Mm. What does your everyday food look like nowadays and is it very different to when to two years 18 months ago oh yes definitely so i i very rarely um eat in the morning i will probably have just black coffee yeah um and generally i'll just drink black coffee until about probably about um two o'clock time that's when i'll tend to have my first food of the day then it will tend to be um you know something like um I like pickled eggs. I pickle a lot of eggs, <laughs> um, um, or or an omelette, or just some chicken and some salad. Yeah. Um, so that it's it's something around that. So it's usually you know a protein, not always salad, but sometimes salad. So it, it tends to be around that sort of format, really. So very very light, I would say, start um, to the day, and then evening again. It's 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 now I'm definitely more protein. Um, based so you know again it will be chicken or steak um like pork um or we have fish um and then i will have some you know kale or spinach um with that or, or salad um so that tends to be you know um the, the the norm really um i do obviously um occasionally i'll eat um 
keto bakes as they call it but it's not my predominant um way of eating i try and keep it as unprocessed and as natural as as possible um but sometimes i will make you know things like uh, cauliflower and broccoli cheese bake that type of thing you know um to have um but i don't bake as much as i used to definitely not so uh, it's, it's very easy on the uh, you look in the fridge and think oh right i'll have that and you know and it's actually it's quite very cost effective as well actually i know some people say oh you know eating all this meat but it isn't because you eat you eat less you could eat good quality stuff and you're not buying all you know lattes throughout the day and picking up this throughout the day you're just not doing it because you just don't you don't need to you, yeah. you're listening to your body more i think you know yeah yeah i'm thinking back really in this last 18 months and you've said you've made some changes you know you've mentioned about the addiction that you've come to realize and the more that you've understood about the sugar addiction you know, is there something that you've really had to be mindful about? How much, um, you know, sneaky sugars come into your foods? Um, yes, I mean, obviously, the, the the carbs and the sugar is obviously an addiction to my body, with, without a doubt. I think, um, I think with you know, you can very easily get into the trap thing of um, having too many keto bakes, or you know, there's a lot of companies out there, processed food companies, shall we say that are um, advertising or have this as keto. But when you actually look into, you know, there's a lot of foods out there that still got the, the you know, the dextrose or the, you know, added on the end of the, the list of ingredients. So I'm actually very mindful of that. And interesting, one thing, you know, from a, a, my palate has definitely changed from a sugar point of view. I mean, I used to, for years, I actually was a, a bit of a, I'd call it a, a saccharine addict i suppose really a sweetener addict because um you know that gave me the, the sweet taste i wanted so that is a connection with um in my mind you, you you know eating that sweet taste and you've got the connection with that sweet food so you know i think you could easily move over to the you know other carb filled foods because you still got that sweetness in your head i mean i used to have um, believe it or not, people used to think I was crazy, but I used to have about 10 um, sweetener tablets in my coffee. Yeah, I know. Yes, mm. I know. Yeah, seriously. And um, uh, so I think... Ten, Susan, 10 in, one, <laughs> 10 in one cup or 10 throughout the day? 10 in one cup. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my Lord. Yes, I, I can taste... But they taste so foul. Like they're so well. You know, I mean, the same. To buy a, a nice quality one, as such, that didn't have. But but no, I I was I had those, and um, now I don't have any sweetness at all. And you know, black coffee, no sweetness. Who'd have heard of that twenty years ago? I was I was drinking that. My God. <laughs> but um, you know, and, and when I read how um, uh, especially for diabetics, although I've, I've not been diabetic, how bad some of the sweetness can be, you know, in raising insulin levels. Um, you know, that was one big thing that I, I, I came off because I think I was addicted. And that, it, it was addiction to that, that sugary taste. And, and uh, you know, so now, like I said with that mince pie earlier, I actually, I thought, ugh, I actually don't like the taste of this anymore <laughs> because my palate has, has changed. And I, I'm very susceptible. I went, I went out the other night, actually, um, uh, at a restaurant and 
usually for my pudding most of the time pudding as such see still in the habit of the pudding but i have coffee with some cream in it yeah and i've learned also you know especially of late um you know unless they use fresh cream a lot of the, the restaurants use the uht stuff and um I looked at the cream they'd given me in, in the jug and thought, oh, that looks a bit odd. I'm going to taste it first. Oh, my God. It was so full of sugar. It was unreal. And I could really taste the difference. So I, I just kept me black coffee instead. But it, it's interesting. You know, even with cream, I think you have to be careful. You have to have the, the fresh cream, not be mindful. Because the taste was awful more than anything else. It was the taste. It was horrible. Yeah. It's interesting in, in Australia where there's you, you have your like your pure cream, so that's just obviously cream, but then they have this thickened cream. So and that has like the gelatin or the carrageen, you know, the seaweed yeah, sort yeah, of yeah. extracts that they use yeah. to do that. Yeah. But um, when I was living in the UK and oh I just loved the the double cream, <laughs> like that really thick dollopy cream, you know, like no thickness. Cream as well. Oh, don't get me started on collard. <laughs> Oh, I know you can, but um, I'm in Bangkok, Thailand, and I, oh. I, I messaged Jackie the other day. I found somewhere uh, BangkokBob.com has got um, has got clotted cream. So um, yeah, I'll be taking a trip um, to the supermarket. But it, it's it's interesting where you're really saying about being that label detective. In it's something that you have really educated yourself on. You know the fifty something names for sugar, and yeah. obviously finding those little sneaky ways that processed foods have, you know, make their way with these additives and things that are not, as you said, good for you and your body. Mm-hmm. And what are the, some of the other lessons that you've learned? So you've really cleaned up, not not eating processed foods you've kept it really simple i think in 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 the early days i think when i was um you know reducing my carbs and obviously you battle with um, you do battle with cravings at that point because your body is almost like screaming out i think in the early days that the higher fat um definitely helped me and i used i used to like make coconuts and cinnamon fat bombs is one thing um i don't i don't use those now but in the early days, um, alongside cheese, of course, was, you know, if I felt like, oh, I want to eat something and my cravings, I used to go for one of those, uh, a fat bomb, which really did help me in the early days of transiting, you know, coming down in the, in the car. So that, that really, really helped. Um, now I'm, I'm more high protein. I, I, I found that my body is quite susceptible to carbs, even if I eat too much vegetables. Um, and although I, I, I keep to the, the sort of lower carb vegetables, um, that can be, um, and also I have to be careful with, with, you know, um, the lower carb veggies, um, fruit as well. So that's like the raspberries and the strawberries. And again, I, I have those, but I only have them in small quantities because they, they do seem to react to my body. So I am more, um, keto these days or keto as I call it. Um, and, and a high, higher protein um, scenario. Um, what else have I learned? Um, I think you just, I, I think you just get so much benefits. I think. I mean, and like you said, the sugar, the sugar aspect. I'm, I'm very mindful of the, the, the sugar aspect now of things in foods. And although occasionally, 
Um, because I hear sort of um open water swim now, and 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 sometimes you do need to eat before um swimming because especially the colder temperatures, because the um some food in your body um gives you some warmth which it does because you know when you're fasting your body's a bit colder generally isn't it um so um uh occasionally i've had something with with something just to usually i have nuts when i'm I'm swimming which is um strange because these open water swimming fraternity seem to have cake everywhere (laughs) there's me usually with my bag of almonds instead just because you do need that food when you come out of swimming but um so yeah high high fat to begin with to, to to cut out the cravings um but now i'm more i'm more mindful of of higher protein now yeah and is that lean protein or do you still eat fatty proteins no i still like my pork crackling <laughs> and the lamb i'm eating that i've I don't eat so much lamb because um, I don't think you can see behind me. I'm a very sheep lover. So I like sheep and I've got we've got sheep in the fields where I live as well. I, I only eat them occasionally because I do like the animals. <laughs> but but um, but yeah, pork and chicken particularly I, I probably eat more so than uh, than lamb and obviously steak, but yeah. What we've heard from a number of people is how they have been supported or not supported by family members and how has your husband you know taken this particular journey interesting and so we've been i've known my husband since i was um 18 so we've been together an awful long time he's known me through all different weight levels he's you know support he's always supported me in terms of oh i'm on another diet again yeah because that that's what's happened i've been on another diet again um and he just goes go to the flow he's never been you know he he loved me when I was huge he still loves me now do you know that's that's the scenario interestingly my husband is um six foot two and never had a bigger waist than a 32 (laughs) right he's always and interestingly he has always been more um he does it he does have sugar in his coffee unfortunately and he does um eat bread but other than that he has never ate chocolate he never eats cakes he's always been a almost a one meal a day person and very protein based so actually this my way of eating has actually more fitted into his way of eating than before because when i used to top up his plates with all because he used to work nights so when he used to top up his plates with all this and he used to say oh no that's too much for me and I, do you know what I mean it's um so supportive wise I think he what he, he I think he does think you've got a new woman because he says oh you've changed mm. it's because I talk even more now than I used to before and I say I've always been quite confident so I'm not sure if he quite likes that he says you've changed i said yeah but i would have done one we changed throughout our lives anyway you know it's no no different and and he's very much a stay at home type of person i mean he's he's older than me he's he's currently like 68 years and um always been quite fit as well you know so he's always been quite fit luckily he's he's never had any health conditions um so he, he has to get used to me um doing more and i do i'm a very social person so i do more 
why he stayed at home, but he, he's perfectly happy with that. And I'm perfectly happy with that. So it works really well together from a gel point of view because, you know, he likes staying at home and I like going out. So I have to drag him out when we go and I say, come on, we're going to have some <laughs> us time. <laughs> Come in. <laughs> yeah, but he's no, he's, he's never, he's never ever criticized my weight ever. So I've been very lucky there because there are some partners that do. Uh, as I said, he, he's loved me for what I am, when I am, whenever. So that, that is very supportive of him. Lovely. Mm. What's his name? Barry. Well done, Barry. <laughs> I'll tell you that. We like you. You can stay. <laughs> Bless him. Yeah. yeah, but that's really good because I think, you know, it's interesting you say he doesn't like the sweet sugar, but he can have the savoury sugar. So, you know, with the bread. And um, so there's, it, it's an interesting thing that there's no overt sort of sabotage to, to no. you or your, your journey, which is fantastic that he no. he's accepted the real, the whole, the raw you know, all the warts yeah. and all, sort of, that's, that's so, that's yeah. so committed. Yeah, I mean, it's brought, more been my son has been a challenge, although he's, um, he's, he's moving out in about three weeks' time because he's he bought a house and, um, um, and, 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 uh, yeah, sometimes he thinks, oh, mm, mm. but if he has an Easter, um, which he doesn't, he, he's pretty unprocessed um, and high protein, actually, my son is, although he does have some things, but, if he does have anything, it's in a in a bag, well out of any viewpoint. Nice. nice. Um, and of course, when he goes in three weeks' time, um, you know, and he's he's old enough to move now, so I'm really happy that he's you know leaving. Um, you know, I can get rid of any of his bits and his cupboards that right. he's got as well that I'm not going to use. So that'd be even better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it's and it's easier for you not to have those potential triggers in the house as well. And it's also a real credit to you that you've raised him to be respectful of of others, and that's that's a real credit to to your parenting. Oh, thank you. Tell us some of the benefits that you've noticed with the weight loss. I think one the one of the, the main benefit has been for me is inflammation. Um, without a doubt in, in my body and um, not only with just the knees um, but interestingly I've got a little bit of um, arthritis on the one finger which is a bit a bit strange really but on that one finger that used to hurt me like nobody's business just that one little finger now I don't get any pain at all so I can only link it to the inflammation that's reduced in my body because that that used to give me a lot of Jip, interestingly, but it, it doesn't now. Um, I mean, I used to take an awful lot of ibuprofen for my yeah. knees. Mm-hmm. I still occasionally, but nowhere near like I used to um, at all. So um, that's 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 one huge sort of benefit. Um, I, do, I, I do have more energy, so you know where before I'd, I'd come home from from work and uh, you know be tired and as I said used to eat but but now I can come home from work although I'm semi-retired now but I can come home from work and go in the garden and want to and you know and things like that where where before I probably used to sit down in front of the telly now I don't watch much telly at all to be fair I, I'm busy doing other other projects and other other things I'm almost like I'm like reliving my life in a, in a sense, I've always had a happy life, don't get me wrong, but there's something sort of just, oh, 
I don't know, come come awakened. And of course, the clothes shopping. Oh, <laughs> you know, for the first time in my life, and I'll probably start crying again. Oh, no. <laughs> the first time in my life, I can shop in every shop, which is just like, oh, wow. <laughs> and Louise, you probably resonate with that one as well, probably. But it's just, you know, that that's, to me, that's a huge benefit. And, and although my husband, he, um, he says, is that new? And I say, no, it's been in my wardrobe for ages. <laughs> There's been more of that going on. <laughs> yeah. that, that's another thing. And, and I think an, another big benefit, um, personally, and you hear this, um, things like um, seats. You would, I think when you're bigger, you, you worry about whether you can fit into a seat, albeit a plain seat. Um, and now I can get a table down in front of me on the plane without it being skewing and you can put coffee on. That's a huge more benefit. Do the belt up. Do the belt up without asking for an extension. Absolutely. Um, and, and, and I think any seat, any seat, because I would always almost risk the theft beforehand whether I'd, oh, I might not sit in that seat. I'll sit in another seat. And if you look back at the things that I wouldn't, although I've always been quite confident person, um, I now think, Yes, but I can do that now. I can sit in that now. And I'm not going to worry whether the seat is going to collapse or not. So that, to me, personally, is actually a small thing, but such a big thing. Yeah. Yeah, such a big thing. Because you would have had all that mental energy going on without even thinking about it. Yeah. That mental energy you would have been using to, to, like you say, risk assess and and decide and think about and and you probably didn't even think about it at the time but now that you're not doing it you notice it yeah and of course I've gone back to my swimming because I said when I was younger I was very active when I was young I competitively swam I used to be in the pool every morning before school for instance Um, and now I've gone back to swimming and done um, open open water swimming and, and this year has been Another one of those benefit moments because I, I think in 2020, I'd, I'd sort of started the diabetes 22 swim where you do 22 miles in the pool. But obviously because of lockdown, that took longer because the pools kept closing and opening again. But I, I did that and raised some money for the, the diabetes, but I always wanted to do open water swimming. So, um, I set out some fundraising with my friends at the, the beginning of sort of, um, 21 um I, I did the open water swimming lake windermere and i took what i got out of that that lake and cried because i'd done it well done yeah and then the other month i did a four and a half mile swim down the river aaron for a spire so first time in a river and you know and there's more to come because i i feel i can do these challenges now and i will continue doing some raising for charities so fantastic such a shift isn't it like it just is such a shift you know to that I can't do that like you said that sort of you know because of this barrier you know this mental block of your body and now it's like the you know the world is on is is just the opportunities and are you overwhelmed by the amount of opportunity now it's like well what am I going to do first oh there's so much to do there's so much time to make up yeah because I'm I'm, um, 60 in November and um and 
I, I, I sort of think to myself, God, I wish I'd discovered this when in my twenties. I so wish. And and to the to the people, the the twenty year olds now I see out there, I'm thinking, oh, please discover this, please discover this, because it it's you know it gives you far more opportunities being slimmer. I absolutely am feeling better. So you know, it, it's sort of. I hear what you're saying, and. And my mother really posed that question to me. She said, you know, if only you had done this earlier. And I I, I look at how I lost my 30s. You know, I, I mean, I was my marriage was breaking up. I was sad. I was caring for my son with special needs. And, you know, I was really self-soothing through, you know, for food for various reasons. And I lost, I lost my 30s. And when my mum sort of said that to me, and I didn't want to regret you know my 30s were there in a chapter for a reason you know I wouldn't have gotten to my 40s yeah and had the insight and the maturity to make sense of you know I needed to know why I was sad and what my triggers were as you said you know you discovered your habits you understood the connection for food and the food values that you were imprinted with and how your family you know celebrated a lot with you So it made more sense in my 40s. And now I'm in my early 50s and it's like, right, this time is for me. You know, I was sad in my 30s. I was gave all myself to my my son. I'm in my relationship. I'm stable. I'm happy and I'm working. I'm healthy. And now I can really bring all that together. Yeah, and I feel, sorry, tears coming out. Um, I feel that... um, the future's rosy because my mum my died in her early 60s, too far too young. So, you know, I've lost her a long time ago now. Um, and I don't want to be that person. I want to, you know, hopefully live till at least, at least I'm 80 if possible. And I feel now that I've got a chance to do that. And, and my body has a chance to, to do that now. And, and that's, you know, that's my way forward. I will never stop this way of eating now. To me, it's the way of eating and the way I'm going to go forward. And, and you know, that's it. Yeah, because we know if we go back to the way we used to eat, we'd go back to the way we were. And I don't want to. No. I feel so much better now. Don't want to. So do you find, um, I mean, you said in 2018 when you went on holiday that you, um, that carb creep. Yeah. started do you have to be really strict with yourself now to stop that or are you in a place now where you think you could moderate you could have something off plan and and know um, that you'll get back to it how would you feel about that yes I'm definitely in that 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 second place um you know and um and I think if I have any sort of car things it's, it's where it's sort of undetected more so I won't openly um go out and say oh I'll have that I mean um I mentioned about the mince pie I don't want to touch another mince pie again now but uh, although I did have a, a hot cross bun at Easter which you know I had half I shared a half a hot cross bun with my husband and uh with some nice butter on it proper butter on it um that was delicious and and but I know and it didn't because I know all right I'm gonna have that you know, just for the taste, again, it's that habit season scenario, which I think is always going to be there. But no, I knew I, it wasn't going to let me 
it derailed you. Know, you. Yeah, I, I just knew like, in my mindset, that mindset is that, you know, no. Yeah. I, I can live without, you know, when people around me are eating ice creams and, you know, all things, I, I, I'm still as happy doing what I'm doing, but without them. So, you know, and, you know, bring on me a piece of cheese or me, um, homemade scotch eggs or you know what I mean because <laughs> picnics actually picnic wise is the only time that I will bake something keto and then most of the time it then goes in the freezer so I can take out one at a time so I've got some blueberry muffins in there but they're perfect for like going on days out where you're not sure if you're going to find and you, you don't always want you know a steak and salad do you, you sometimes want that picnicy type of um, takeaway food um, so I'll only sort of eat those then, yeah, yeah, on those occasions, yeah. Yeah, and I find that those sorts of things are handy when other people are eating cakes and Correct. things yeah. around you and you feel like you can join in and be part of it without having to come yeah. off plan. Yeah, I've got some chocolate chip cookies in my uh, freezer, which uh, I went for a picnic recently, but I say most are in the freezer. I just took what I wanted. And try to offer some out if somebody wanted to try some. <laughs> um, but you know, the, re- the leftovers are in my freezer, so um, so I will pick them out when I go for my next sort of uh, picnic type of day out. I'm intrigued by the pickled eggs. Oh, the pickled eggs! Oh, I, well, it's so much cheaper to make your own. I have um, I have an instant pot which my son bought me the other Christmas, which is. Oh, I used to have a pressure cooker years ago, but an instant pot, oh, life changing. So, yeah, awesome. So I, um, and I've just done some recently. I, I will put 40 eggs because you can buy them, you know, 40 eggs in a, in an instant pot. Yeah, 40. It will take, it will take literally, what, four or five minutes. Yeah, they peel beautifully. Put them in some, um, vinegar. Sometimes I use white vinegar. Sometimes you use spice vinegar. And they stay in my fridge. So I've got two big jars of, in fact, my son eats them as well. Two big jars. They're perfect for, and they last obviously for months. But with the pot, like, because I've actually got the little egg holder, like I put them in the little. Oh, egg no, I just chuck them in. Holder. I just chuck them in. Do you just chuck them in? Yeah. So 40 eggs. Yeah. And then you just put your, put your cooker in high and pressure water, and so quick release. Saves water, okay. saves oh. electricity. Yeah, uh, it works perfectly. And it's you know it's, a, it's an easy go to for, for for lunch at work or you know add it to something. So uh, pickled eggs. I've I never never had pickled eggs. Oh, we used to see you with the pickled onions, but uh, pickled eggs I love, and they charge a fortune in supermarkets for a little jar. So you might as well make your own. And so you just put them in just vinegar and nothing else. No, I mean, you can, yeah, for me, that's, that's fine. I mean, you can put lots of different flavorings in, can't you? Um, to, 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 to suit your palate, what you want, because, you know, but, uh, I either use spice vinegar or the, the, the white vinegar and just put them in and then they're in my fridge and, you know, yeah. if you do something needs to make very quick, then that's one of my go-tos. <laughs> Excellent. Um, Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> Well, we're taking away one of the tips for your pickled eggs, Suzanne. Um, what we tend to do with all our guests is get their three top tips, please. Um, I, I suppose for me, um, 
being obese all my life, I think starting slowly was, was the key, I think, for me. Don't, because you, you do see on a lot of Facebook groups where people just jump in and then they, 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 they suffer from keto flu. And I, I, you know, I had none of that because I, I, I think, I, I think because I did it slowly. Yeah. Reduced and then reduced. And, and, and I, and I think that's the way forward for a lot of people, um, um, jumping in. Um, I think don't, um, don't let the scales rule you. I think that's particularly important because we, we all know the scales lie, especially in women. I think the scales yeah. do lie. And I think it's so important to not use that as a, a, a demotivational tool because it does. I mean, I, I mean, I have stayed the same way sort of since about April at the moment. So somebody would, would actually think, Oh no, but what I take from that is, I mean, yes, I, I, I'm dying to get down to, on, into Wonderland, as they call it, to get into 199, especially for my birthday. But if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. All I know is staying this way of eating, I will continue to feel better. I am not going to let that scale. So the scales, I think, you know, depending on how you use your scales, you should either just throw them away or, you know, I think that's a good tip personally. (laughs) (laughs) Um, um, As I said earlier, I think in the early days, um, fat bombs and stuff like that I used to use because that that did help with um, the cravings in the early days. I used to like coconut fat bombs particularly. Um, so that really did help or, or, or my chunk of cheese, as I said earlier, I prefer cheese over chocolate anyway, so that's really good for me. Um, um, so that's another one, but, but now as, as I'm still learning and, and progressing, I'm now more high protein. Yeah. And, and just moderate fat. I still eat the fat, as I said earlier, I love, love pork cracking and, 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 uh, I often have also, um, you know, as a meal, not, it's not a snack and I don't snack. Don't snack. I don't snack anymore. I don't need to snack. But um, I sometimes have, you know, the pork pork rinds, as they call them in America, but the pork crunch. And I'll put cheese on them and put them in the microwave. Oh, uh, oh <laughs> happiness. Oh, lovely. But I I've never, never had that before. Oh, the mayonnaise as well. Oh, but that, that's, that's, I use that as a, as a, as a sort of, um, um, it will be a meal. It's never a snack scenario and, and I think the um so and, and I say now I'm more I am more high protein now um and do that way and I do have to watch the limitation of of, of vegetables and and um, some berries as well because I know if I, I eat them every day um it does tend to have an effect on my my um carbs a little bit I think so. I'm definitely that's why I've gone more ketovore. I'm not carnivore, but I've gone more that way. Yeah. That feels better for my body. And everyone's different to corpus, but that's better for me. So two questions. Is is that the puffy the puffy pork rinds or the pork scratchings that you use with the cheese and it's the, the puffy ones for the mind. I do oh, the puffy pork ones. scratchings as well though. <laughs> but, okay. um, yeah. But it's the pork puffs that I do in the uh, microwave. Second question, did you actually track, did you actually use like a MyFitnessPal or a chronometer to track? Uh, I, I do off, off and on, I do off and on, and I still do off and on sometimes. Um, in the early days I did because it made me realise what carbs were in things. Most of the time I don't, but I do occasionally still. 
I have a look at something and I'm thinking, hmm, yes, yeah. Um, especially as now sort of higher protein, although I, I'm not a religious, oh, I've got to get 100 and whatever grams of protein in because I, I, I'm not that way inclined. But I, I do it out of interest and research more so. Um, but I did in the early days, yes, because it helped me focus, yeah. Suzanne, it has been fascinating talking to you because we know we you know we've you you might not have heard the podcast before, but we've heard from Louise many times how she's lost that similar sort of weight, but uh, some of that was through bariatric surgery. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's so fascinating to talk to somebody who's just done it all through low carb and keto oh. and just plodded away and you've done it in a really amazing short amount of time so that just I think that just goes to show how healthy you were because yeah yeah I, I think apart from what I say I mean apart from my knees and and sort of the, the the stent I had I think generally other than that I was was quite healthy other than that although mm. interestingly actually just you saying that um, you know, with the uh, pandemic, and they talk about um, vitamin D levels. Um, at the beginning of um, um, this, I did um, do a, a blood test of vitamin D, and um, I was extreme. In fact, it was virtually non-existent, which really surprised me. Um, so it's obviously the, the the way your body processes stuff. So I did start taking vitamin D, and you know, the connection with the pandemic and obese people. Um, now I'm just I'm. I'm low normal levels. I'm still quite low. Um, but obviously, you know, I'm not sure where vitamin D also gets processed. Is it the liver or, uh, you know, I'm not sure which part of the organ helps process your, your vitamin D. But that was an interesting find that I had, um, of being obese, how low my vitamin D levels were. Yeah. But then if you were quite low fat, that's probably not surprising as well. And well, yes, probably yes. Low yes. fat, and if you're not out in the sunshine, we don't get huge amounts of sunshine here in the UK. No. So unless you're exposing large amounts of your body to the sun regularly, no. which you wouldn't when you're overweight, I tell you, do you? No, you don't really want to, <laughs> <laughs> even in the garden. No, exactly. <laughs> and if you have a summer like we've had today, uh, I think my my stomach has out when it was very hot but we had a couple of weeks i would sit out with my just in my underwear or honestly it's been cold i'm back in my winter clothes yes i know yeah it's it's changing its mind doesn't it yeah so i i um had a blood test for vitamin d and it was very low so i started taking 10,000 ius a day and now I've recently had another blood test and it shows it's much higher. It's over 100, 140 or something. So I've done, now dropped down to 5,000, but I'll keep that going all through all through the winter. Yes. Yeah, there is a definitely a benefit, isn't there? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I also think that even though there's plenty of sun here in equatorial Thailand um, and even in Australia, that there is ways that even if we have lots of sun, you know, certainly in Australia, we were slip stop slapping because of skin cancer rates. Mm. And also just generally with lockdown, even though there's plenty of sun here, um, you know, I'm inside. I'm inside most of the day because, you know, with, with lockdown and things. So mm. it really does depend on your situation. And certainly my skin type, I just get one little UV ray and I burn. Um, I suppose so, I was sort of, I don't think you call it the lucky or the unlucky ones. 
Um, but I, I work with the um, elderly in, in customer service in a retirement village. Um, so I was working all through the pandemic, which was actually, um, in one way, was good because I didn't have to be at home um, in, in that sense from a, you know, a mindful, because there's a lot of people suffered with, with, with staying at home. Um, um, so, so that helped a lot because, you know, I think to a lot of people being at home, it, it, it puts more um, habitual obstacles in your way with regard to food, doesn't it? So. It did. It did. And I think, you know, and we've sort of spoken to people that either went one of two ways. They either doubled down and became quite mindful and strict, so there was no distractions for food, or Mm. otherwise they threw the toys out the cot and they just sort of, you know, it was a free-for-all. So it really depended on how they responded to those stress, you know, to the stress Mm. of the um, restrictions imposed on them. So, yeah. Thank you for being with us. It's been been great chatting with you yes been absolutely fabulous hope it's been okay (laughs) oh absolutely thank you so much nice to meet you it's so inspiring just to really hear this lived experience from someone you know to her credit not to say that she's just an ordinary person Jackie but you know so often we've had the health professionals the medical professionals but Someone who's doing it her way, you know, in channeling a bit of Helen Reddy, that she's, you know, or Frank Sinatra, that she's she's woman, she's powerful, and she's doing it her way. So isn't that wonderful? Yes. I think hearing these inspirational stories from just people like us helps others think it's possible for them because we know that the medical professions have a lot more knowledge, but you don't need that knowledge that necessarily to do this. And she's taken her health into her own hands. It was interesting that she found the Tom Kerridge and obviously that sort of led her to, as she said, that authoritative source, you know, the diet doctor. And it, it's so wonderful to hear, you know, someone again, really crediting the diet doctor for being that accessible resource and such a credible resource as well to to guide her on her journey Mm. and you know as you said she's just an ordinary person not a not a health and medical professional but someone who has taken ownership responsibility accountability and the profound weight loss you know the fact that she's lost 11 stone which is you know 70 kilos or 154 pounds is just incredible it is amazing, totally amazing. And and realistically, that's what, two two years, two and a bit years, two and a half years. Um, I'm struggling, struggling to lose any weight. <laughs> and, and, you know, like you said in the interview, you know, I had my start with obviously having the weight loss surgery and, you know, the, and then obviously a bit more with low-carb keto and now, obviously, you know, being able to maintain it, you know, I and like my mother said, you know, you know, what would I have done differently if I had found low carb earlier? Would I still have had that sort of, you know, um, the, the surgery? But well, for me, that was obviously part of my journey. And um, I, I don't know. You just you just don't know. But for for Suzanne, you know, that has made such an impact. You know, it is connected with her and she's made sense of so much about her life 
and that has obviously been able for her to incorporate all those changes and sustain. It's a sustainability that has kept her going yeah. and how insightful, how insightful that is. Yeah. And while she was speaking, it reminded me of a quote that I love, um, which is attributed to Confucius that says, we have but two lives and the second life begins when we realise we only have one. And when she was talking about how her life is so different now, it's as if she started a new life. And that just reminded me of that quote, that she's begun her second life now. Did you hear the animation? You know, the animation in her voice, you know, the open water swimming and I'm doing this and I'm doing that and I'm, you know, I'm, you know, I'm looking forward to my 60th birthday because, you know, as you said, you know, the life lived by her mother, that that's not what she wants for her. But my life is going to be enriched and dragging poor husband out, you know, um, to sort of enjoy this, this, as you said, this second life, you know, her first life, her second life. So, um, yeah, all power to her. So, Jackie, where can we get the show notes for Suzanne's episode? So the show notes are at fabulouslyketo.com forward slash podcast forward slash zero six one thanks jackie thank you it would be great if you could support us through patreon go to patreon.com forward slash fabulously keto and you can choose the monthly amount you wish can you recommend a guest we can interview If you can, click on the link in the show notes to send us your recommendation. Would you like to join our Facebook group? Search for Fabulously Keto on Facebook. Our Facebook page is called Fabulously Keto and you can follow us there. Or you can follow us on Twitter. Our handle is Fabulously Keto. Or follow us on Instagram, Fabulously Keto 1. Did you enjoy the show? Let us know you listened by tagging us in your Insta story or Instagram post using the handle fabulouslyketo1 and the hashtag TFKP. All the links are on the website and in the show notes. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast, click the subscribe button. Reviews help us to be found and reach new listeners please leave a review of our show on your preferred podcast listening platform. We appreciate you taking the time and read them all. Disclaimer. The information in this podcast is for informational and educational purposes only. Nothing in this podcast can be taken as advice. Whether our guests are doctors, healthcare professionals or not, they're only sharing their own opinions and stories and this does not constitute a doctor-patient relationship. It's always best to seek professional medical advice should you wish to make any changes to your current medication or treatments. Also speak to your own doctor if you have any concerns about your health or you wish to make lifestyle changes, especially if you're taking medication.